You're listening to Calvary La Habra's podcast. For more information, visit us at calvarylh.com. Thanks for listening. My name is Kathy Smith. I'm married to Kevin Smith, the tall, dark, and handsome one. My gardener. <laughs> We've been coming here to Calvary Chapel La Habra over 25 years. I say that because this is home. You ladies are family, and I love it. You know, when I first got saved, I thought, oh, it's this women's ministry thing. Ooh. All these backbiting, meek, 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 women, because that's what I was before Christ. So I just assumed all women were that way. Boy, did I find out different. I love women's ministry. And it's a pleasure and an honor that God said, yes, please go share my word. So we're here tonight. How many of you think we're in 1 Peter 3? One. Let's see, what's the first words there? Wives, likewise, be submissive to your husband, your own husbands, not other husbands, but your own. That's not what we're sharing on tonight. Because if you read your little book, those scriptures aren't even mentioned. And I thought, wow, Lord, you're going to let me skip that? <laughs> kind of shocking. But yeah, we're not going there tonight. We're going to 1 Peter 3, 8 through 22. Open your Bibles. And let's pray. Father, thank you for this opportunity to come and worship you in spirit and in truth. And now in your word, God. Holy Spirit, consume each and every one of us. Go before me. And let me share your love, Jesus, through your word. In Jesus' precious name, amen. I'm not saying that 1 Peter 3, 1 isn't something we need to do. It's something we all need to do. If we're married, we are to submit to our own husbands. And I love that because it takes it off of me. It's all on him. And it's awesome. Because he's learning how to love me as he loves Christ. And that's even better. So for you who are not married, that word submit is not a bad word. It's not a four-letter word. It's an awesome word. Because if you can't submit to your husband, that tells me you're not submitting to God. So we'll talk about that later. All right. Let's go to 1 Peter 3, 8 through 22. And I'm going to read the whole chapter. And then we'll move on. But the first, first of all, the first week, Lori Cook shared. And in my notes, I put, gird up your mind. How do you do that? 
through his word. Gird up your mind. And I'm kept by the power of God. Those two quotes that Lori said, I wrote down and I read them over and over and over again because I am kept by God. And last week Anita shared, feast. Did you come hungry? Because that's what she said. When you go to a feast, when you go to that feast, you're hungry. You're ready to feast. You don't need a full meal before you go to a feast. Come hungry for God's word. Take your rightful place, she said, in Christ. We can make a choice to put down sin. That is precious. And Anita, thank you. We all needed that. We have a choice. That's the choice we need to make. We have the freedom not to sin. Awesome stuff. So 1 Peter 3, 8 through 22. Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers, be tender-hearted. 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 Be courteous. Not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessings, knowing that you were called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. For he who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil and do good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous. Righteous means right standing with God. And his ears are open to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. And who is he? who will harm you if you become followers of what is good. But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. And do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled, but sanctify the Lord in your hearts. Sanctify, set apart the Lord in your hearts. And always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that lies with, that's in you with meekness and fear. Having a good conscience that when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. If it is better, it is it, if it is better, if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once. Circle that. Christ suffered once for sins. The just for the unjust. 
that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. Oh, thank you, Jesus. By whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison, who formerly were disobedient, when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is, eight souls, were saved through water, there is also an antitype, which is now saves us, baptism, not the removal of filth of the flesh, but the answer of good conscience towards God through the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers having been made subject to him. Amen. There's some pretty powerful statements that Peter used in these few little verses and as we start off, do you want a blessing? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I want a blessing. Well, then do this. Have compassion for one another. Love as brothers, tenderhearted, courteous. I wrote in my notes here, it's an adjective. That means action. Right? Love is an action. Being courteous is an action. It's not something that just sits there. How are you courteous to people, to one another, especially in your families, the ones who know you the most, the ones who know how to push your buttons the most? Are you courteous, loving like a brother? Because if you want a blessing, this is what Christ requires us to do. Not returning evil for evil. Who here has ever said, I will get you back? <laughs> That's returning evil for evil, right? When someone does something to you and they stick that knife in and they turn it. Oh, praise Lord. Is that the first thought that comes to your mind? Or is it, Hmm. You know, as a new Christian, when you're brand baby new, still on the milk, that's usually your first reaction. I'll get back at you. I will get even. But ladies, we need to grow up. I see the youth in here. We need to grow up spiritually. You know, it says, let the older ladies in the church teach the younger ladies. Does it mean older in age? No, older in Christ. More mature in Christ. I'm both. <laughs> I hit 64 in July. Not quite Medicare, because that's what I do for a living. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, what Medicare plan am I going to take? I can't believe I'm thinking that. Yes, I'm older in age, but I'm also 37 years old in the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. That doesn't mean I'm mature and grown up and know everything. The more I know, the more I find out I don't know. 
God's word is our all in all. So, you want a blessing? There you go. Have compassion, love like brothers, tender-hearted, courteous. I love that word. Not returning evil for evil. Psalms 34, 12 through 16. In my notes, I put this. I'm going to read this, but this is an act of the will. Who is the man who desires life and loves many days that he may see good? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Go after it. No matter what it takes, seek peace, ladies. For blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall inherit the kingdom. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their cries. That tells me if you are righteous and you're in right standing with God, and you come to him in your prayer, whether it's a desperate prayer, whether it's a praise, whatever it is, his ears are open. And he's going to hear your cry. Anybody ever felt like, where's God? I've been praying. I've been standing firm. I haven't reviled evil for evil. I'm courteous, I'm loving. Where are you, God? He hears your cry. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil. That's heavy. In my Bible, I wrote, this is the look of spiritual growth. We are called to do this stuff, ladies. We're called by God. People say, well, I don't know what my calling is. Well, there's one of them. Right there. Highlighted in yellow. The Christian life is extreme. Jesus was pretty extreme, don't you think? Hanging on a cross for you while yet you were a sinner. While you were in the midst of the ugliest of sin, Jesus said, I love them. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. We are not to be of this world. Remember, we are pilgrims. Remember in the front of our book? Beloved pilgrim. We're pilgrims just passing through this world. So don't be like the world in your daily walk. Stand out and stand firm. In our book on page 116, let's turn there. I loved what she said. A life that is no longer lived for itself, but is lived through Jesus in us, will look like the life of Christ that we read about in God's word, right? When Jesus walked this earth, he read that he opened not his mouth and 
didn't revile in any return when he was reviled. He taught his disciples to turn the other cheek, to give up their extra garments, to walk an extra mile when compelled to walk one, to forgive those who sinned against them, to love the ones rejected and condemned by this world. We would go on and on with verses where he taught love, joy, peace, patience. A life that is truly hidden in Christ will have voices, words, and reactions that are hidden within his holy character. We're to be a reflection of Christ in everything we do. Everything. Not just a few things, but everything. A life that is no longer lived for itself, but is lived through Jesus in us. I will never, ever forget when my son told me, this has been a while back, Mom, you act like Jesus. I about fell out of my shoes. That was one of the biggest blessings. That was overwhelming to me because I'm so far from Jesus. But do people see Jesus in you in whatever it is you're doing at that moment in time? If, if you're responding to a situation or you're in a group and are you being like those chickens she talked about, which is very funny. I have chickens and, and most of you know my little chickens are pretty awesome and these stories that she tells about chickens are very true. I have had my chickens go from one nesting box to the other, peck that one chicken that's snot out of her, kick her out and then sit on her eggs. It's like, what are you doing? Chickens are funny. There are no Jesus in that at all. That's selfish, man. But example, what example are you in Christ? Because that's what Peter's talking about here. We're to be as Christ in our actions, in our words, in our thoughts. Our thoughts, oh Jesus, help us. When you hear something on the news or you see something that doesn't agree with the spirit that lives in you, are you acting like Jesus? Because as she put it so beautifully, that's how Jesus' example was for the disciples. Suffering for right and wrong. Why should I suffer for doing right? 
That's that me, myself, and I mentality. I call it the unholy trinity. Me, myself, and I. I'll do it my way. I'll think my way. I'll act my way. I was raised this way. I have my excuses and my reasons for my actions. My, 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 me. Faith through fire. I have a, um, hopefully they can put that slide up. It's 1 Peter 3, 13 through 17. And we're going to 1 Peter 3, 13. Oh, there's that wives. Likewise, submit them to your husbands. Oh, well, no, we're not going there. Um, 3, 13 through 17. And who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? Who, who can harm you? Anybody? But even if you should suffer, <coughs> excuse me, for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. I'm blessed. We've all suffered one way or the other for Christ. If we've walked with Christ any amount of time, we've all suffered. Not as extreme as Jesus, but we have suffered. And do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. I want to share something really quick. The young man who was um, killed uh, not too long ago, they had his service here, um, had been affiliated with gangs. And um, a gentleman who's really tried to help this young man in the past and knew the gang members and this and that, had gone to what they had like a car wash kind of thing for this young man to raise uh, money for his funeral. This gentleman had gone to the car wash and posted a Facebook Live at this car wash. Well, the gang members saw this. Those gang members started threatening him. What are you doing on his side? What are you doing over there? And blah, blah, blah. I mean, it was horrible. They would drive by his house holding guns out the window aimed at his house. He was sleeping on the floor. He was, he was terrified. And it was at that time I was actually studying the scripture for tonight. And he called me. He said, oh, my God, please pray. He goes, I know what these guys can do. I've seen it. They just killed one of their opposite gang members. Do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. But sanctify, satisfy the Lord God in your heart. Sanctify the Lord God in your heart. In other words, set apart God in your heart. And always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope. I have that highlighted. I have it circled. I have it set here. A reason for the hope that is in you.
And I told this gentleman, you pray for them. You stand firm on God's word. They cannot harm you. Sanctify God in your heart. And it finally stopped. And from what I understand, I was not able to be at the service, but afterwards, the parents and the brother of that young man who was killed accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. That's pretty heavy. That's awesome. You think, how can a death of a child be worked for good? This is what it took for those parents and the brother to get on their face before God and accept him as Lord and Savior. Having a good conscience, when they defame you as evildoers, those who revile your good conduct in Christ may be ashamed. For it is better if it is the will of God to suffer for doing good than for doing evil. Anybody here been at church on Sunday mornings? How about last Sunday? Pastor Lance made it so clear in my mind, teaching about Paul in Acts 25, falsely being accused. Was he throwing a fit? Was the apostle Paul, what's wrong? Why am I in here? This is ridiculous. I didn't do anything wrong. I just proclaimed Jesus Christ is alive. <laughs> He's in prison. You in prison for proclaiming Christ is alive? Paul was, but he didn't because he knew, he knew that this was going to be used for God's glory. Paul knew that he knew that he knew. And I loved it when Lance said, step back and see what God's doing. Step back. Take your eyes off of the circumstances and look around. What could God be doing here? I had a slide. I don't know if they put it. There it is. That right there, spending time with God, puts everything else in perspective. When you are in a situation, when someone's driving by your house with a gun aimed at your house, when you have a child or a family member ripping you apart because you're a Christian, when you're being torn apart because the world says you are nothing but a fool for this Jesus stuff, Just step back and say, all right, God, what are you doing? I need to refocus. I need to filter all of this garbage that's coming my way through your word, through prayer. I need to sanctify you in my heart, God. 